0: Zulma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Doing alright. Yes, it is the AFL Grand Final 2022 preview here on Drive. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. And we're going to open the tempered bedshed text machine straight away. 0487 736, 736 And if you want to give us a call, the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 And what I've got to give away tonight, I've got one copy and I thought I'd give away. If you get in contact with us, we'll give you a copy of the grand final edition of the AFL record, Okay, We've got a couple in copies uh, here in the studio. So if you want a copy of it as a memento, of the grand final of 2022. We'll give you a copy of the AFL grand final record. I think it retails close to about 20 bucks uh, if you get it outside the ground, but it's more a fact that it's a memento. And I've got a copy right next to me here. Haggers has got a copy as well, and we'll, I'll give mine away, okay? So if you get involved with the Tempera Bedshed text line or the Scarborough Toyota open line. Haggis, uh, a very good, e- good evening to you. How are you, Pete? What a week. Is there a grand final on? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. It broke um, a couple of days ago, and I just thought, what's yeah. going on here? Um, it's like a tsunami. It's the biggest story that's ever broken. I, I was just going to say, I can't recall
1: a bigger no, story than no, this no, one. No. The, the, the Essendon supplement scandal of 2012, you know, here in our town, what happened with West Coast and Ben Cousins in 2007 oh. and 8, um, th- there's nothing of This magnitude, because it is f- f- a lot more further-reaching than just AFL and Aussie rules. Mm. Uh, th- this is an entire nation. This is an entire social issue that has been raging, raging within Australia for a long time, and getting closer and closer to flashpoints. Um, mm. th- this, this, these allegations are are so explosive. Uh, so unacceptable that this will be far-reaching. Uh, I, I hate to sort of be a bit of a pessimist on it, but um, you can't see some of the individuals sort of coming through this. I made a few comments um, in preparation for, for being willing to... ..in a position to debate it or discuss it with you and or whoever would like yeah. to join us, Peter, because it is it's an issue that's raging. It's going to continue... Uh, at some stage, we have to sort of put it on the backburners to say, "Well, hang on, there's a grand final, and potentially one of the best grand finals we've seen for in the AFL system. So since 1990 was the official yep. AFL, 1987 when we all joined the expanded it VFL. Was VfL yep. This this particular grand final has enormous potential to 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 go the whole distance. Both sides are capable of winning it. So at some stage, but you can't ignore this particular issue. What I felt though with to kick it off and then perhaps discuss it and take people's calls and, and SMSs. But the AFL investigation into Hawthorne's uh, racism and player treatment scandal, the next stage now is to, I- I'm calling it hide and abide. I think a lot of the those accused will hide behind the due process. Now let's let the full investigation play that out. So you'd hide behind it mm. in some way. And I make a bit of an accusation to how Alistair Clarkson handled it yesterday and now how Chris Fagan has handled it today, Peter, where they've sort of put out a statement and said just categorically, this is the, the the big response, categorically deny the allegations made and will be involved in looking forward to being questioned by the investigators. So that's where I say that, that they can sort of get behind it. They can hide behind that now because that's where it sits. But the hide and abide is that they'll have to abide by that to help them stay in football, mm. to, to clear in any way any doubts that there might be on the story that broke. But the story that broke, I mean, the the reputation of Russell Jackson, uh, who's the author of that ABC story, which is quoting from the Hawthorne Report. So it's Hawthorne's uh, independent report that has revealed eyewitness accounts, victims' accounts. And that's pretty damning stuff. He, He hasn't gotten this from those people direct. He's got it from the report. So someone's made sure he got hold of it. Mm. Where it really concerned me yesterday, and I reckon Gillen McLaughlin's having a really unsavoury end to his time as the AFL chief executive, as the head honcho of the AFL, Uh, this is is unhealthy on his watch. But for yesterday to say, I've had the report a week. Now, my understanding is that, and I'm not close to it, but the AFL have had it longer than that. But he said I've had it a week. And yet, at the same media conference, he's saying, "I'm going to launch an investigation. We will make an investigating panel headed by a KC." Why hadn't that been done the moment he read the report? Mm. Why does it have to? Why do these scandals have to be revealed through media, then debated for days, and then the AFL say we've launched a full investigation? Mm. He should have called the media conference eight days ago, when as soon as he got it, read it and then just gone, we've launched an investigation, here are the details. Not, oh, and by the way... Over the next 24 hours, I'll tell you the four-person panel that are going to run the investigation. That was pretty damning, I thought, on the
0: AFL. They clearly tried to cover it up. And just having a look at that panel, uh, Kim, the independent four-person panel be announced uh, by the end of the week, by the end of business tomorrow. We made up of two women and two Indigenous representatives. So that's the four-person panel that will so be So how far does place. it go, Pete? I think it's going to carry on for ages. And the big thing, North no, Melbourne... You're, you're talking uh, I'm I, I, how re- high I, reckon, I reckon uh, cultural ministers will be involved. Uh, Minister for Aboriginal Affairs will be involved. It could even go as high, depending on what comes out of the investigation as high as the PM. Anthony Albanese may be asked to make a comment about what has transpired or what the findings have found. It's it's a damning, a real damning uh, indictment on certainly the competition, the AFL and the people that are involved in it. But as you said, Kim, I don't recall a story as big as this that really has got tentacles right through the community. No. And the only defence that I have is, is that certainly... And we see the Nikki Winmar statue out there putting pointing to the colour of his skin. How long ago was that? Oh, it was in the early... It was in the 90s. Yeah, so, you know, we're looking at nearly, uh, nearly 30 the years thing, ago. But not a lot has changed since
1: then. Oh, uh, no, I think a lot has changed. In what way? Well, I think AFL clubs and the AFL have lots of um, systems and processes in place to to help with the, the welfare of all players. But then we had Collingwood, and now yeah, we've got Hawthorne. From the past. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that has concerned me is that there is allegations here saying as if this has happened within weeks. This happened through 2011, 12, 13, 14, somewhere back then. The same, too, with a lot of the Collingwood stuff, was 210, to 211, 212. Even, and now, I say this very cautiously, to step into what else is going on in, within our society, a lot of those are from long, long, long periods yeah. ago. But,
0: but there's not an like, investment in... Mr. The person that lives in the burbs in society. There is a lot of money and a lot of education yeah. that goes into these and, AFL and, football and, clubs. And I'm convinced. They go to school yeah, yeah, yeah. to learn and, about the and right think, and wrongs. I
1: think AFL clubs, for instance, if we stay in that, within that industry, have put a heck of a lot of uh, processes in place and networks to help with their, all their players' welfare and wellbeing. All of them have got it. Mm. So things are better now, but a lot of these incidents that are that are being re- disclosed and revealed are from times past, and, and in some cases a decade ago. So how far? But back- decades not a long time, Hags. No, no, but you can't keep saying these things keep happening.
0: And how much do we and not know? the indication. You yes. know, you made the point that the AFL had this not leaked. Hmm. The way it leaked, we would have been none the wiser. We would have been none the wiser. But But it's been leaked. But
1: isn't... (laughs) I I, I, I giggle facetiously there. You and I have discussed this for 30-plus years. Yeah. Virtually nothing of any scandalous nature in Aussie rules, and especially the AFL, is revealed by the AFL. It always gets brokered by media, and then the reaction is, we are holding a full investigation and most times it's that they've known about it for quite some time. In this case, a week ago. And then yesterday, still hadn't even put in place, still hadn't hadn't even swung the integrity unit into motion. At least he could have said yesterday, McLaughlin, I read this a week ago and I immediately enacted my integrity people to speak to Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan and those involved... And the journalist that we've spoken to, Russell Russell Jackson. Jackson, my point, why did it have to be a case of, well, we're handling this, everybody. We're right on top of it. No, you're not. And again, the media have exposed something alarming. And this is the biggest story I think
0: Aussie rules have faced uh, probably ever, because it is so cultural. Mm. All right, let's take up calls, uh, Kim, on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 131255, and then we'll get to a few texts on the temperate bedshed text line, zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Hello, Roy, how are you going? G'day, Pete. G'day, Kim. Hey, how Roy. are we, going? Good, mate. Thanks for calling. Uh- uh, There's a couple of things I just wanted to have a chat about. But um, firstly, ab- about this conversation about the Hawthorne situation, mm-hmm. it's very um, disappointing to see how it's all come out. Um, like, one, one right now. Um, and two, it's, it would have been really disappointing to see the talent, like uh, like when Sewell Su- left, um, and how much more talent there would have been at that club if this situation hadn't happened.
1: So you're talking Brad's, when Brad Sewell left? No, um, uh, Rioli. Oh, so, Cyril, sorry, mate. I, I, oh, yeah. okay. Cyril yeah, Rioli, Cyril. of course, yeah. Yeah. And um, the thing uh, is that just, look, again, being cautious in what we say, it, yeah. it's strange that Cyril Rioli did leave the way he left. Mm. It's strange that Andrew McLeod still won't go back to Adelaide and why he left. It's strange why a handful of boys, I say that respectfully, young players, young men, left Melbourne back in 2011-12. In and I wonder if
0: the investigators get into that. Right, OK. Anything else, Roy, before we let you go?
1: Um,
0: there's a couple. Of, there's a little whisper that I heard that um, maybe uh, it might be Joel Selwood's last game on Saturday if they win the premiership. What makes you say
1: that? Where, where are you getting your mail from? We've been suspecting this for a while too, Roy. Li- um, listening on um, SEN... Uh, Listening to a
0: podcast from uh, Campbell Brown, Mm I've heard it, it. Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it's just uh, he's got little whispers in uh, from his his friends or whoever he's getting it from. But I just thought it might be a good um, conversation starter. Yeah, I reckon if he if they win the Premiership on Saturday, don't be surprised if he just says, uh, "I've had a fantastic career, time to move on." And anything else very quickly because we've got a couple other calls.
2: um, it's going to be 14, 14 degrees. A bit of cloud around. Is that going to make a
1: difference nah. on the scoreboard? Do you reckon? Uh, uh, I, th- I, I think Geelong would handle those conditions better. Yeah, I mean they're used to it. I mean, Geelong, mm. that sounds like a Geelong. Um, most parts of the winter, isn't it? Uh, that type frozen. Of, <laughs> yeah, frozen mm. and a bit drizzly. Um, I think it helps Geelong in a lot of ways yeah. in some way. I, I'm not. Both these sides are so even.
0: Exactly. Good on Thanks you, Roy. Roy. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Lisa, who joined. Joins us on the Scarborough Toyota Open Line 13 fifty five
2: Hey, Lise. Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Um, yeah, what a bombshell. I, when I heard that on the radio yesterday morning, I felt sick. Mm, mm. I thought, how could any, anybody, any human being do this to another human being allegedly, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just it's just hard to fathom. Like I, I, yeah, it's just yeah, just bizarre. Yeah. But um anyway, with with the AFL, they've sat on this for I've heard for two weeks, but I don't think it was been that long. I think Hawthorne got it first and then passed it on to the AFL. I think I I heard that they've had it for just over a week. Mm-hmm. Um but they've sat on this because of the grand final. And you know, the, the sooner the sooner they get onto this, the better. And um, two boys, do you think all clubs now should have this review into Indigenous players in in all clubs?
1: I think they're going to have to. You reckon? I, I really do. And I think it has to be uh, a, an external review, independent review. Um, and because any club that reviewed themselves would would be more cautious in revealing anything sort of damning. So I I think they're going to have to. And I think, Peter, I get the impression, as you've already touched on, and Lisa, just quickly in a passing comment from yourself, um, it's going to go higher than just the AFL. You're going to find a lot of uh, uh, leaders around the country are going to want to find out, well, has what's gone on at Hawthorne, what was disclosed out of Collingwood, is there any other problems, historical... (coughs)
0: From some of the other organisations. Yeah. Lise, uh, thanks for the call, mate. I uh, love I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the grand final. How are you watching it?
2: I'm just going to sit on my couch and watch it's... it on my own, Peter. Yeah. Well, we've
0: we got to put you on because the
2: spot. <laughs> and then I can swear, I can yell. <laughs> yeah. And um, Peter, are you guys calling it on on SEN?
0: Uh, the Melbourne team will be calling it. You know, Waitley, Hudson, and uh, the analysts—they'll oh, okay. all be there. Okay, no, it's I not going be... to be. I might
2: have to. I'm going have to move to move it to six <laughs> PM.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. Before you go, uh, Premier margin. Norm um, Smith I'm going medalist. To
2: go, I'm going to go for Sydney. Oh. Only because only because Coxie and Pikey are in sitting in the box. Oh,
1: yeah. So you'll have, you know, gold, you'll have a blue and gold you'll have a blue and gold scarf yeah, on as well. And I think they'll
2: <laughs> they'll get up by about fifteen points okay. and I reckon um, what's his name? Young Warner will get Ooh.
0: the medal. Mm. Good on you. Thanks a lot. Uh, Lisa, Very enjoy Wednesday. the grand final. We'll chat to you next week. Thanks for your time again okay, this you. afternoon. We'll get some uh, texts on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736, 736 Anybody that makes a contribution or a copy of the AFL grand final footy record, we'll give it to some lucky uh, listener here on Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdon on this Thursday. It's a quarter past five. Sulma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. By the way, we had an AFLW game here at Optus Stadium today. Uh, Got underway about 10 minutes past one. A win for the Dockers. It was the uh, Derby. The Dockers getting over West Coast. Three goals, eight. 26-3 to goals, 5-23 in that final term. Eagles kicking one goal and the Dockers four behinds. They could have won by a little bit more from all reports the Dockers. A few people coming out uh, enjoying the pleasant conditions this afternoon to watch a bit more AFL-W football on this occasion here at Optus Stadium. Can we'll go through the teams at the moment. There's been speculation about Logan McDonald, our very own, maybe missing out on the 2022 AFL Grand Final. So we'll go to that in a moment. Uh, Pete and Haggers, this is from Pete in Sydney, no doubt listening on the SENWA app. Good on you, Pete. Um, hope you're well, boys. Uh, getting my question in early, would West Coast try to get pick seven and Bowes out of the Gold Coast Sun? An extra top ten pick, possibly. Thanks, Pete of Sydney. Jack Bowes. Yeah.
1: I don't, um, Pete, if you're still listening, send us a follow up to this. Uh, I'm a bit, confused. I don't see how West Coast could get pick number seven and Bowers out of Gold Coast. Pick number seven is Gold Coast, but for West Coast to take Bowers, I don't see how they would get pick number seven as well, unless they gave the Gold Coast something special, um, and whether that would be a couple of picks in the 20s, um, you know, pick number 20 and the other pick. That they're probably going to get through port by letting uh, Junior Rioli go to port. So they'll get something in the mid 20s for that. They've already got Port's p- pick at 26. So I'm just confused as how, how you think, Pete, they would get pick number seven, which is Gold Coast's first pick, and Jack Bowers. They might get Jack Bowers, perhaps. Mm. But I think he's more headed towards Victoria. He's, he's early, what is he, 24 now? He's played 80 games. Um, it'd be a handy pickup, but West Coast has just got to get kids, I reckon. Yeah. If they're going to have five or six or seven draft picks, get the young ones. And don't, also, don't discount West Coast are heavy. They, they still believe that they will compete really strongly in the trade chase for Luke Jackson. Well, come I but, don't think that's going to happen, but yeah. they still maintain West Coast. We're going to go for Luke Jackson. We're going heavy They're going to cause it.
0: Fremantle some grief. Okay, let's go to Denise, who's joined us from Ashby in suburban Perth. Hello, Denise.
2: Hey Pete, and hello, Kim. Hi, Denise. I've just got uh, a question for you. Uh-huh. Um, actually, two, now that you mentioned about Luke Jackson, well, if the Eagles are interested in him, how come they still want Meek? That's number one. But well, just, just
1: the... uh, make sure... I, yeah, go we don't on. Sometimes when we get into two or three questions, I forget one. But <laughs> Meek, I, I can bring us up to date. West Coast are out of Lloyd Meek. I saw They're coverage. Okay. Well, that, well, once they sign Luke, uh, Nick Natanui for two years, and signed Bailey Williams for another two years, Lloyd Meek wasn't anywhere near as appealing to West Coast, and also Lloyd Meek is being offered really good money to go to several other Eastern States teams, and my understanding is, and especially Denise you might be interested in this, Lloyd Meek has asked explicitly at Fremantle to be traded to Hawthorne.
2: Okay, that makes it interesting. Um, The next question is with Hawthorne. This is such a heart-wrenching situation what's happened. But just putting that aside for a sec, Griffin Logue and Darcy Tucker Mm. are also interested in going to North Melbourne. What will happen now, in your opinion, to their trades? Because I'm a mad Frio member. (laughs) And um, I'm just wondering what's going to happen, do you think, with this situation? Uh, Do you think they'll still want to go there? Or, um, you know, especially Logue, we'd love to keep him.
1: Very Mm. popular, isn't he, Griffin Logan? I must say, Denise, and thanks for your call. Thanks for your call, Denise. We'll have a chat about it right now. Uh, uh, Look, all along I thought Griffin Logan was going to be racked in leaving because he's a popular bloke down there amongst the guys. I think he's a a fan favourite. I think whether you follow Freeman a lot, you respect because he's been – on the edge all the time. He's made the most of his uh, chances as a defender. He's made his most of his chances as a defensive forward, as a freewheeling forward. And then there's a game or two when he actually had to pinch it in a ruck because mm. Rory Lobb wasn't playing. So I think he's a very respected man and he's a good bloke. Uh, I don't think he really wanted to leave Fremantle. That's why he didn't take good money to go to West Coast. The West Coast deal wasn't much better than Fremantle's, but it was better. But... I think it's irresistible, the money and the deal, a five-year deal that he's gotten from North Melbourne to go. But as, as Denise has alluded to there, the, part of the appeal was Alistair that Alistair Clarkson, Clarkson had made the approach. Now, my understanding is that Alistair Clarkson uh, had, had locked in the deal and, and had gotten Gryffinlogue over the line. But I was told just this week, Peter, since I saw you on Monday, that Griffin Gryffinlogue had been locked in going to North Melbourne for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. prior to the season ending. So it's not necessarily Alistair Clarkson. That dragged him over the line. Well, Alistair Clarkson, absolutely. But it's been on for weeks, Griffin Logue, to go to North Melbourne. His management has been helping North Melbourne replenish their list. And that's been on for two months before the end of the season. I think Griffin Logue is locked to go, and certainly Darcy Tucker. Darcy Tucker needs to go. Yeah. I don't think he's getting
0: fair um, Game time. chances there, no. Yeah. Hi, Pete and Haggis. What's the trade difference between a player who has one or two years on their contract now if Logan McDonald? Just bringing you up to date with Logan McDonald, Gets a bit of a uh, segue to the teams. At the moment, he's being listed as an emergency He's been omitted from the 22 from last week and has been listed as an emergency with Campbell, Cunningham and also Gould. And the two that have been omitted from last week's team are McDonald and, of course, the Medi sub in Campbell. But there could be, of course, still a late change. Just going on with Mike, if Logan McDonald misses out on the weekend on the grand final, Frio should try and offload lob and aim to get Jackson and McDonald at Frio if they can afford both. McDonald's on a two-year deal,
1: hasn't he? Yeah, you know, He's—I think he's locked and loaded. The thing is, with I suppose Logan McDonald, I—I I, I don't think Sam Reed's going to play, and we don't know that. Haven't mm-hmm. haven't been, a, but he—he he looked pretty damn sore with that crook groin, and it's a big risk. But he—he's just so—he's exactly what they need in the ba- as the backup ruckman to Tom Hickey. If—if if Reed doesn't play, well, someone's going to have to pinch hit in the ruck. Oh, I still think Sam Reed misses out. And Logan McDonald's more likely to go back into that team. And then Braden Campbell still stays as the sub. And that's a more versatile player to be the sub, Peter, than than, uh, Cam, than, uh, than, than Logan McDonald as a sub. I just get the impression Sam Reed's not right and that Logan McDonald's been squeezed out uh, while, they've, while they've come up with their lineup. Uh, McLean going in, you know, adds another forward to them, but he hasn't played since round eight. It's a big gamble. I'm surprised that Logan McDonald is out of that. I still think he'll play, but I'm not
0: certain. Okay. And just regarding Geelong, at this stage, Holmes has been included on the interchange mm-hmm. bench. The only out at this point in time is O'Connor, who was the sub yeah. last week. So, and, and There must be a question mark over Holmes.
1: And again, you'd be very surprised if he plays. Um, and that would put probably O'Connor into the starting 22, probably off the bench. Uh, the other one, the debate from a West Australian viewpoint, is whether it would be Sam Menegola, Peter, to play going into the team or even as the sub. Um, I don't reckon. I, I I, think, you know, as much as we'd like the West Australian boy to get the get the run, I just think Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Parfitt, he was probably unlucky to get squeezed. I mean, he played 16 games across the season an average 21 disposals a game. And he was at times among their better players with his midfield performances. Menegola has only played the seven games in uh, in 2022, rounds 14 to 22, and now he can't get into the team. I- I'd sense that if there's a change to be made for, even though Holmes is a winger and Sam Menegola plays his best footy as a true winger, he's a bit of an Ed... Langdon type of winger, mm. isn't he? I, I just feel that if Holmes doesn't play, that Parfitt would probably be the one that goes into the 23, whether it was as the sub or starting, and, and then O'Connor's still the sub because he's so versatile as well.
0: Okay, and if you don't want to maybe have a, a comment about anything, I'd love to get your thoughts. Who's going to win the grand final? Maybe the margin. And the Norm Smith uh, get on the uh, temperate bedhead text machine, 0487. 736-736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 and get in the running. We're giving away a copy of the AFL grand final record in all its glory. It's a very, very thick publication. It's got everything you want to know to keep you interested and reading as much as you like during the long summer months. This is The Drive Show with Peter Flahos. And just take note, uh, double demerits apply from midnight tonight until midnight Monday for drink or drug driving, not wearing a seatbelt or running a red light. Get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast. The Tempera Bed shed text machine is there for you, zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six, or you can jump on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 13 12 uh, Coming back to the grand final shortly, as I said love to get your thoughts on who you think will win and Maybe the margin and the Norm Smith medalist will acknowledge it on the program. All you need to do is get on that uh, text line zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. The Eagles, of course, uh, delisted three players during the course of the week. Jackson Nelson, who played hundred games at uh, West Coast, has gone, and as we know, the others: uh, Hugh Dixon and very much um, who's, uh, Joyce. Tom, Tom, Joyce, Tom Joyce, yeah, who were basically add-on oh, players during that they, COVID they period. Were, well, no, no, I think that was
1: supplementary selections, weren't they, in March or so? And then, of course, you had the, the uh, as you say, the COVID COVID uh, back backup list, and mm-hmm. the likes of some of the boys that, that did play uh, games in helping fill out the likes of a, a Braden Ainsworth and those sorts of guys that have played a game or two. But we, we were sort of suspecting some of these omissions, uh, delistings. We've correctly. been talking about I Nelson during the course of the season. Jackson Nelson, probably time to go, but... He did well to get 100 games. Well, he played the last games of the season, so the thing is with... But I'm with, saying 100
0: career games. he eight seasons, Peter. And, and they won a premiership while he's been there. Well... Not because... No, but I'm just saying he was Jackson part Russell. of when... He was there in the squad. He was, he was yeah. part of the West Coast Eagles well, when they are at the, at the top of their trade. He and played 13
1: games in 2022, didn't he? So yeah. that took him up to his 102. Where I thought he might have hung on is... And he's probably a bit of a victim of Adam Simpson's soft approach to all the old blokes. I mean, he's he's 26. He's been there eight years. Oh, someone's got to go. Let's swing the axe, you know, instead of getting rid of... You know, sort of Jack Redden and guys, even Shannon Hearn, blokes that he should have gone look, you guys are out. And Jackson, here's your last chance. We'll give you one more year. Mm. I thought Jackson Nelson just may have held on. With the job he did in round 22 on Andrew Brayshaw, now you would have called it, Peter. And and at halftime, we, we one. I was looking down, thinking, is, is Brayshaw still out there? Is he still? <laughs> oh, there he is. There, look at the stat: ten possessions. And Nelson, I thought had uh, had tagged him out of the game. He only finished with 22 for the game, and it might have even cost Andrew Brayshaw a brownlow in the end of it all. But uh, I thought he might have held on, Jackson Nelson. But he's gone now. Hugh Dixon was never staying. They, they weren't comfortable with him, even though again. He played the last couple of games of the season. He played against uh, uh, round 22 and 23. Uh, and Gold Coast, got three possessions, round 22, eight possessions against Fremantle, four possessions against Western Sydney. Was that enough to hold your spot? Not really. But mm. he did play the last few games. So. so where's the next move for West Coast now? Well, they've got to... Well, they'll just wait for the
0: trade period now. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And they'll try to trade one or two players to get another pick or two. Do you yeah, expect any surprises in there? Trading? No. No, there's no surprises coming from West Post, Peter, other than Adam Simpson has the full support of the board and the authorities at the club. That's the surprise. The The same in charge, the same process, the same program, the same instigators of the program, the same old players... That's the surprise. There's been no move there. Adam Simpson's not moved to make it fresh in his squad, so they have to drop. A, they'll have to probably delist a player or two in contract, yeah. and no. then also try to trade one or two others. They're not going to put Jack Darling up for trade. They're not going to put someone up for trade that would actually attract. well, okay, we're in. We're in for Jack Darling. We'll, we'll give you uh, early picks. We'll give you single figure picks for one or two of these blokes. They're not going to do that because Adam Simpson seems to think that he can bounce straight back into the top eight next year with the same blokes that have failed him all of this year and, and the second half of last year. Mm. So that mm. that's the surprise to me. They haven't moved harder on it. But they've got pick two, probably pick three, pick 20, pick 26, another one in the 20s, and pick 38. They've just got to get five really good young kids because I don't think they've got a lot to trade unless they put a name up. Is Andrew Gaff going to uh, attract any kind of a trade? No. Is Darling? No. Not for a million dollars a year next year at the age of 31. So... Well, you won't see any surprises. Surprises—they're just doing the same
0: thing over and over again. And there's no surprises. At what the Dockers did—they delisted two players that played for Peel Thunder last week and really struggled a bit. Connor Blakely and, and Joel Weston—two <laughs> players that have told <laughs> you won't be offered they, another contract. Hadn't they? They—they they were told last year well, you
1: know won't be offered a contract as soon as we can get you out of the place, and you won't be playing in the meantime. Mm. Connor Blakely. I thought he was
0: poor on Sunday. Yeah, I've seen a couple of Peel games. He's been better than he was last week. But saying that, a lot of the AFL-listed players were very poor for Peel last week, and they only kicked six goals for the game. Hey, boys, Geelong will smash Sydney by 65 points. Hawkins, four (laughs) goals. Cameron, five goals. And Norm Smith goes to... uh, And a Norm Smith. And a Norm Smith. Sorry, to Cameron. There you go. That's Jonesy of Medora Bay down there in Manjura. Hey, Jonesy, thank you for, for pointing me towards my notes. The biggest
1: single key, in my opinion, in this grand final is Jonesy's man, Jeremy, Jeremy yeah. Cameron. Yeah. I, I'm not so sure that Sydney have actually got a direct match-up for Jeremy Cameron. I really can't see his flexibility, his running power. I mean, his ability to run up, run back. And it's not just from inside the 50-metre the arc, Peter, as, say, uh, Tom Hawkins does. This bloke's an athlete. I mean, and he's gotten better and better. He is the key and the link for for me to Geelong being the power on the weekend. I don't see who Sydney can actually clamp on to Jeremy Cameron. Mm. Um, I'm I'm suspicious that Tom McCartan will take him when he's close to goal. He's athletic enough to go with him, but can he go right up to the wing and then back to the half-four and then across through the centre square? Can he keep coming? And then when he's close to goal... How, what, what 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 danger he presents? Uh, Tom McCartan probably. But I don't know who else can match. Rampy has to stay back deep to goal. He's their goalkeeper. Yeah. Paddy McCartan has to take... I think Paddy McCartan has to take Tom Hawkins. We could keep going through all of these and you sort of think, yeah, there's a bit of a match there and even some of the other matches, you know, Deconing on Franklin. You know, so that's, This is the Geelong angle now. Deconing on Franklin. He's a 21-year-old playing his 24th game on Saturday against Lance Franklin mm. in his 341st game. Some of the matchups I think, are, are stunning and exciting. But I can't find a match-up for Jeremy Cameron where you think he could probably beat Jeremy Cameron on the day. And that's why I, I, I'm, I'm also uh, thinking with Jonesy from Medora Bay that I, I reckon Jeremy Cameron could be the difference. And he, he when we get to the end of the program, Peter, I think I'll be saying he's my Norm Smith medal tip. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, Norman Cowell says, Peter and Mr. Hagdorn-Haggers, I sent this text to Hazen Mudder, but think it's worth repeating. I agree with the call of inquiries into AFL teams. On racism, but I think it should go further than that. What is alleged uh, of Hawthorne to me is 100% workplace discrimination and could have happened to anyone involved with a football club. He just goes on talking about workplace discrimination. And after all, um, as I said earlier, uh, and Norm was saying, Mm, it looks like I
1: identify as an Aboriginal person. Yeah and believe the whole of the AFL need to. so um, Investigate Norm's, across all aspects Norm's of discrimination. Can, Norm's suggesting to us, well, I didn't realise it. Norm's contacted us before. I didn't realise
0: that yeah. Norm, Norm was
1: a First Nation person. Yeah. But if that's coming from someone of that stature... That's got strength to it. Mm, mm. So I, you, I, I sense that this this will turn into because he said something.
0: workplace discrimination laws already exist, and discrimination comes in many forms, not just racism. Mm. I identify as an Aboriginal person, and mm. believe the whole of the AFL need to be investigated across all aspects of discrimination. As at the end of the day, the clubs and the AFL are missing. the employers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: and look, and I suppose also the AFL has become. I think over the last. You know, decade or so, uh, as I've gotten, you know, I suppose in some ways more cynical about how they operate the AFL things they do, things they cover up time and time again. Uh, they've become a bit too political too, and so therefore this this is a massive issue. They've brought some of these upon themselves. The AFL and clubs brag about their welfare programs for all their mm. all their players. Mm. And and you, so here, here we see, however, with this one, like a lot of these I- issues. It's a decade ago, and they're not – I don't think they're still happening, as was indicated last night at times. Some of the commentary over the last 24 hours, oh, this keeps happening. This, these, They keep coming up. They keep being disclosed. They're not necessarily still happening. Mm. This happened a
0: decade ago. It's interesting, actually. Uh, I've got thinking about a gentleman who I've interviewed a couple of times about his sporting career. was a very good footballer in his day with two WAFL clubs, a very good wingman for East Perth and Perth, and, of course, a, a, an outstanding grade cricketer for Mount Lawley, John Maguire. And I've spoken to John Maguire at length about this, and he still believes to this day... And we know that uh, the Wacker many years ago may have been a very conservative establishment, that he reckons the colour of his skin was the reason he didn't play for Western Australia. So, anyway. Uh, jo- John wasn't great off his back foot.
1: <laughs> Did you get him a few times? John wasn't great off his back foot. And that, that is a reason that the you, you would have bowled to him, wouldn't you? Numerous times. Yeah, yeah. That is a reason, among others, that John didn't play for Western Australia, that the feeling was... To play he made enough runs in great uh, no, cricket, didn't he? I was getting to that. Yeah. Um, his technique was questionable on bouncy tracks against top quality bowling. Off the back foot. He, he would he, he could tend to edge the ball to the back quadrant. He was a left hander, wasn't yeah, he? Beautiful yeah, beautiful left hander. Elegant, looked like Clive Lloyd. Or it David was, Gower. Oh, more like Clive Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Big front foot through the covers. Um, Gow was great off his back foot. The thing is with John Maguire, when he retired, he was more than 10,000 wacker first grade runs. Uh, you would think, I think 18 centuries, it wasn't 20, but it was just close to it. You would think with that weight of runs, that he deserved a chance at some stage. He was in the state squad in 1977-78, but it was a comp- a complicated time because he was one of East Perth's gun footy players and mm. played in their last premiership team yeah. of uh, 78. Like 78.
0: So it was awkward, but he was in the state squad, so he went close... But there were some reasons why he didn't. And, of course, uh, you could have played a few more Sheffield Shield games if maybe well, DK, Helen. Lily, or these other guys, Terry, Terry Alderman, Alderman, weren't around. Um, Haggers might have Mick played. Malone, yeah, You might have played a few more now, Shield games. Let's Just stay on for another hour. Uh, let's Apart go from the one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment, Doug. Uh, Keep sending uh, through your selections. And we're going to discuss the grand final. We give us, uh, we're going to give you our tips. Who's going to win? Norm Smith, all that. And as I said, anyone that takes part in the program will uh, throw out a AFL record to one lucky listener. 0487 736. 736. Mm-hmm. TULMA, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Flahos. All right. Yeah, just repeating, double demand supply from midnight tonight until midnight Monday for speeding or using a mobile phone or radar detector while driving. Get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast. By the way, just quickly for tyre power, buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at tyre power. The Socceroos play their final uh, game on home soil before the World Cup and they're also celebrating 100 years of the Socceroos. They were formed back in 1922. A team of the century has been uh, put together as well to mark the celebration. Some great names in there, including the likes of Mark Viduka, of course, uh, Alex Tobin. Uh, Johnny Warren, the late Johnny Warren, who had a lot to do with uh, certainly uh, post his career in the media. Mark Schwarzer. It's a great list. Uh, have a look at that. And as well as that, just some other news. Adam Uze, uh, the Melbourne assistant, uh, has become a name that's been tossed up, Hags, to maybe even get the job at Essendon. You know, we know that James Hurd's interested, Dean Solomon, Brendan Laid. What's your read on Adam Uze, which goes against the criteria that Essendon... No, I don't think it does go
1: against the criteria because... Just because he's had his second interview doesn't no, mean he's no, become a No, the no, they're runner. saying
0: Essendon says they want an experienced coach, yeah. oh, a high-profile person. Well, that's that's still he's
1: why. It. That's still why some of these people that haven't been able to be part of this process. I mean, there was there was the hullabaloo yesterday about uh, Adam Uzay's had his second interview. Oh, he's the front runner. Oh, I thought Essendon said all along that it was a three-part interview process. So that means Adam Uze is available to have his second interview. P- people like Don Pike's not available yet. Don, Don-, Don Pike's got a grand final to yeah. prioritise. So yeah. I'm not so sure that that's the case. And even uh, even uh, James Hurd, just because he hasn't had his second interview, doesn't mean they're out of the running. I, yeah. I think it's a due process
0: that all of the candidates need to, in- need to present th- up to three times. Okay. Uh, just quickly, again, just repeating the teams, the Geelong Cats and the Sydney Swans in the AFL grand final on Saturday. Uh, 12.30 our time, it gets underway. The Cats, uh, only O'Connor, who was a medical sub last week, is out. And Holmes has been named on the interchange bench for the Cats. And looking at the Sydney Swans, uh, the big talk, uh, Logan McDonald. Now, he's been listed on as an emergency for Sydney. He's lost his place. In the twenty two from last week, and also Campbell, who was the medical sum. But there may be even a late twist there regarding Logan McDonald. But as it stands at the moment, he's been listed as an emergency. Could it be the medi sub come the grand final?
1: And McLean is the boy caught up, you know, hasn't played since round eight. So that's a bit surprising. And we still look I think Holmes at Geelong, hamstring stretch and hamstring test, and Sam Reed, the groin test. Right. That'd be right. too risky, wouldn't well, they? There probably there was a, there's a message here too, I think, Peter, also about uh, playing injured players. They're not gonna play if they're still somewhat injured. Mm. But clearly I reckon Holmes, Max Holmes and Sam Reed are Injury stories right up until late Saturday morning our time, so early su- Saturday afternoon in Melbourne, because they're both going to be looked at, and there's there's potential replacements to be made, and like in Holmes's case, is it Sam Menegola, Sam or is it Brandon Parfitt? In Sam Reed's case, is it another West Australian slant uh, that Logan McDonald gets a call, even if it is to be the sub? I don't think Logan McDonald would be the, would be the sub, but he could go into the twenty-two, for instance.
0: Okay. So th- there's a lot there. My Peter Kim, if Reed and Holmes are not one hundred and ten percent. Fit, They should not be in the team. It's the grand final. Cats and Sydney can't carry passengers. Can any player, no matter how good they are, can be beaten on the day? Uh, the question here, Chris Scott, who does he put on Buddy Franklin in well, your eyes? I think
1: it's DeConey. I think it's the young, young fella. He's been their key, you know, last line of defense fullback defender all season. He's outstanding. He's going to be a player for a long, long period of time. I don't see anyone else that has the athleticism. Again to run with Franklin because Franklin's been pretty good, I reckon, Peter. And I yeah. watched the grant uh, the preliminary final again through the week. His first half, his his presence, his physical presence, his tackling, his buffeting in packs. He he was very effective in, in how Sydney got well away from Collingwood in that first half, tied a little bit. But I think DeConing gets Franklin. I think Bewes perhaps gets Papley. That's a critical one as well. He, he could be a Norm Smith medalist, Papley, mm. three or four or five goals from him. I think Atkins probably sits on Goulden out on the wing, but he'll go into the centre square as well. You could keep going through some of the other matchups. And I'll tell you way, what's
0: interesting, Hags. before you yep. continue... The thing that's exciting here, you've got two very much-formed teams, 15 in a row the Cats, nine in a row the Sydney Swans. I tell you what, these two clubs and teams are motoring at the moment and that'll make it even more exciting on Saturday. Geelong, 10 players.
1: If Sam Menegole plays, it makes it 11. 30-year-old pluses. Really? 30-plus-year-olds. Number two team in scoring, averaged 98 points a game. The number one defensive team restricting opposition to 67 points.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think it's Geelong, even though we've said there they've got 11 30-plus-year-olds. 30, 30 Sydney's youth Sydney's youth could really play something. You know, the likes of Blakey, Goulden, McInerney, Tom McCutton, Rowbottom, Warner... Uh, Hayward. They're young. But I, I think
0: Geelong. And yeah. I think Cameron wins the medal. And I think Geelong win by about 20 yeah. points. Timmy Gossett, is listening to the uh, show, says he believes Don Pike has withdrawn from the Essendon job. According to the Goss. So then there he's you go.
1: Leaving his uh, powder dry on how Adam Simpson goes in 2023 because he should be the next coach of West Coast, on Pike. Yeah, I'm going for
0: Geelong. I think they'll win by 30 points. Oh. And uh, Norm Smith, I'm going to give it to Patrick Dangerfield. Oh. Boys, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Thanks, Lee. We'll catch you uh, on Saturday from 9.